0: Just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You are the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today. Live, hope you're doing well out there, surviving the ice storm down here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Uh, it's been it's been fun but it's good to be here with you guys here today. Uh, we're gonna talk about something that I, I think you'll find interesting. Um, the uh, guest today is a pastor from the Cleveland area multi-campus church called Fellowship Ch- City Church uh, on East East Cleveland side of town and he has a book that is called Don't Miss Your Life and if you're looking at the the screen there it, it's hard to see the word miss. Uh, and, and that's on purpose because if, uh, if we're not focused on the right target well we might hit the wrong target and we'll miss the right one well, what's he talking about uh this will be interesting Aaron uh, great to have you here on life today live appreciate you being here
1: good to be with you Randy
0: before we get into the book and sort of the idea here which I find very interesting I was looking through the book um I have to ask you about your professional soccer career because it's not every day that you have a Uh, a former pro player and coach, as your pastor. What's your background there?
1: (laughs) Yeah, five years old. Dad came home from work. He had been a a pro baseball player, actually. So dreamed I would play professional baseball someday. I was his only son. We uh, we were out on the West Coast in California. And uh, five years old, he said we're going to play a new game. He called it soccer. So went out to the field and, you know, saw kids running, screaming, they're kicking each other. And I'm like, dad, this is what I'm going to do with my life. I'm going to be a soccer player. And, uh, you know, my mom always tells people, you know, my dad patted me on the head and said, you're going to be a baseball player. <laughs> Never played a day of baseball in my life. You know, that, from age five, that was my vision. That was my dream. And, you know, the reality is soccer became my god. You know, it was the thing I lived for and worshiped and, you know, did everything in pursuit of, of attaining that goal.
0: So you prayed, played, uh, or helped establish actually the pro league there or pro team there in, in Cleveland. Is that right?
1: Yeah. So I, I think when you get too old to play uh, where the coach doesn't want to put you in, you got to buy your own team. <laughs> It wasn't actually my money, but, uh, we, uh, some of my friends and I, we, uh, we started the Cleveland city stars pro team in Cleveland. So yeah.
0: Nice. Nice. How long have you been out of that?
1: Uh, I've been out of co- coaching and playing. I've been retired from playing for 10 years and I've been out of, uh, coaching for about, well, I'm still in coaching. Uh, it's funny because, uh, a friend of mine saw me coaching just last Saturday and uh, we've got a, a facility. I work. Uh, I work with a, a Christian ministry called Ambassadors Football. We uh, share the gospel and do discipleship through soccer, the the global football. Yeah. We got a facility here in Cleveland, and I was coaching uh, my six-year-old son. <laughs> and uh, my friend walked in the, the facility facility, said, "Man, weren't you coaching like in the South Korean Premier League three years ago?" <laughs> I said, yeah. He's like, "Dude, you fell from grace." you know like but uh, no place i'd rather be um right now at least in this phase of my life mm. you know i'm able to be home more with uh with my young you know son and wife and uh you know invest in the local church and so still travel still do ministry through football soccer
0: very cool you know that's an interesting comment because i think it kind of points at some of the point of your book uh because for your your friend you know coaching in a pro- professional league uh versus coaching six-year-olds would seem like to be um, going backwards on the the track of success. And you yourself, I mean, you've had a lot of success as a player, as as a coach, but yet you're writing a book where you say, you know, maybe success isn't what we should be aiming at. Explain what you mean by that.
1: Yeah, uh, this book is all about finding a worthy goal to live for. You know, ultimately, I believe the, the Bible is clear that God created each of us for a purpose. Doesn't matter if you're a pro athlete, a, a teacher, stay at home mom, you know, we're all here for the glory of God, ultimately, and uh, to make his glory and his fame known. Um, and so for me, like I already shared, you know, I spent a lot of years aimed at the target of success. And and I've got no problem with success. Like, you know, bring it on. Like, I want all the success I can get still. I just think and I have discovered that success is a bad target for life. You know, ultimately success, it can't fill those deep longings of our soul.
0: Well, I, I know a lot of people are like, okay, well, let's see. Um, you know, when they rebuilt the temple in the Old Testament, they, they succeeded at their goal. Uh, you know, the disciples going out spreading the gospel they succeeded in in their role in the great commission um, what what's the distinguish between success as we think of it in a positive way and what you're suggesting is maybe the the better thing to aim at
1: yeah it's like i said I, you know i think you write a, a book on you know kind of comparing success and and significance you know i think the, the scripture talks about you know our lives are to be significant for the things of God. And you you, you write that type of book and and people start to wonder, like, are you (laughs) anti-success? And, you know, I tell people all the time, like, let's put it in a perspective we all understand. Money, right? Are you against us having money and making money? No. Make all the money you want. The only problem with money is when it has a grip on you, Mm -hmm. right? Like, no problem with, with having money as long as it doesn't have you. And I think for me, that was a problem. You know, and I think that's the challenge here in America specifically. We don't know so many of us that we have a problem, that we have a a challenge because we don't realize that we're spending so much of our time and our effort and our talents Mm -hmm. pursuing something that can't really satisfy
0: our soul. So how would you define significance?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, as I said, you know, I believe that we are here for significance, and it's interesting if you look this up in the dictionary. Uh, one definition of significance is a worthy goal, mm-hmm. um, and so like I really believe that significance has everything to do with our purpose, has everything to do with why we're made, and and like I said, it's that whole uh, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, First Corinthians ten thirty one, do it all for the glory of God. That's a significant life.
0: So. That's a little harder to define, I think, and, and for some people, you know. Uh, whereas success, it's like, okay, I'm in my job field, or you know, if you're an athlete, or maybe if you're, I don't know, a singer, it's like, you know, having a having a top twenty hit, or reaching this level in the the corporate structure, or making this much money. It, it's easier to define. Um, how do we know if we are living a life of significance? Are there any markers?
1: Yeah, I, I talk about these in the book. Um, I think there's some pretty simple, uh, fairly tangible, uh, you know, markers, so to speak, that we can pursue. And, you know, for, for one thing, I think it's it's as simple as kind of changing your focus. You know, like in the book, I tell a story about doing archery as a high school student. And like, I aim at the target, you know, and I go right at the bullseye and I hit the center of the target, the bullseye. And I'm like, yeah, you know, like, cause I'm a competitive guy. <laughs> and I, I look at the, the gym teacher and he's like, "Now nah, you, you've totally missed. I'm like, what are you talking about? I hit the center of the target. He's like, yeah, but you hit the wrong target, right? Like I, I was aimed at my friend's target instead of my own. And I think that's the challenge of, of this idea of, of success as our greatest goal. You know, you might drive the the car, you might have the house. Nothing wrong with those things, but but are those the things that satisfy? I think, you know, back to your kind of like, well, well how do you pursue a life of significance? You know, for me, I think maybe like other people, like I was trying to, you know, become wealthy, like become mm-hmm. come rich in the things of the world, mm-hmm. right? Like fame and success and affirmation and all these different things, and they're not all physical things, right? It's not all money and houses and things like that. I think a lot of the time we live for affirmation.
0: You know,
1: a lot of the time we live for the opinion of other people. As an athlete, that was one of my big things, you know, is what do you think about what who I am?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and, and what I find in Scripture is just this slight shift in, yeah, it's not anti-become rich in the things of the world, but it's really invest more in becoming rich in the things of God.
0: Mm.
1: Like, I think that's kind of foundation point number one. If we can orient our lives around my greatest goal is to become rich in the things of God.
0: That's good. It sounds like one, one of your points, which is shifting your perspective. And, and I, I think that's life-changing for a lot of people when they realize it, what was what caused you to have your perspective shift
1: yeah I, I was a professional athlete so you know it's probably not surprising that i'm standing on the side of a, a soccer field one day and and for me it actually happened uh i was on a mission trip now that's a different story for a different day how i got there never wanted to go on a mission trip <laughs> never wanted to be a pastor for that matter um but uh many of the plans in a man's heart the lord's purpose that prevails, right? Yeah. Standing on the side of a dirt soccer field middle of nowhere Africa and watching little kids play soccer and the lord brought to my mind the story of Esther. You know, that that whole cousin Mordecai writes Esther this letter and you know the the the, the Jews are going to be killed and could it be Esther that god raised you up, he put you in this position for such a time as this. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden in that moment, age, you know, 23 or 24, I I had this revelation, like, could it be that God left me on a soccer field, let me travel around and, you know, gave me certain talents and gifting in soccer for a purpose greater than my own, you know, Mm -hmm. for a purpose greater than just making money and driving a certain car. Maybe could it be that God had me right where I was for his purpose. And I think that's a message that, that, you know, should be resonating with everybody. Like, I think so often we think, I got to change my profession to, to fulfill my purpose. And I think what God is saying to us in this generation is you just got to change your perspective. Mm -hmm. You just got to change why you are in the place you're at, you know, whether it's the courtroom or the hospital or the, 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 the classroom, wherever you happen to be eight to 10 hours a day, why are you there? Let's examine that.
0: Yeah, uh, I, 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 the older I get, the, the more I find that all all the things kind of in my background, some things that I thought I'd never use again, God has a way of, of weaving them into our purpose when we pursue him. Mm. Uh, and it, it not, it's, hopefully nothing's wasted, you know, at least— the lessons we we should have learned through those times. How did you get? How did you get into pastoring? That's a bit of a jump.
1: <laughs> it's a real big jump when you tell your wife uh, when you propose marriage. The one thing I'll never do is be a pastor.
0: Oh no! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but
1: uh, you know, it's it's back to that. Many of the plans that we make, right? Mm-hmm. Like, but but I tell people all the time, like I make mistakes every single day. You know, I get this thing wrong. Around every single corner. But the one thing I try to do is I try to hold my life in open hands. And I try to every day, I even pray like this. Like I've gotten into this habit of posture when I pray most mornings, I pray with my hands open as like a physical symbol to say, God, I'm here for you today. And I've got ideas about what I think I should do, but I'm willing to, you know, concede to wherever your spirit wants to lead. And, and so for me, the the journey of becoming a lead pastor six years ago, it's it's very much in alignment with, well, I think I'm supposed to be doing this over here. And, and God was saying, yeah, but there's this church that I've been preparing you to lead. Hmm. And whether I'm here for, you know, six more years or 60 more years, I can't say, but I can say I'm going to hold my life every day like this. Hmm.
0: Hmm. Yeah, well, that's... That's powerful, actually, when we, when we do that, when we learn that, uh, and that, that can lead us in a different direction, but uh, usually it's one that's more fulfilling. This is, this is the book. I want to show you the book again. It's Don't Miss Your Life, The Secret to Significance by Aaron Treadway, and you can check out his website at AaronTreadway.com. looks just like that. It's got his fine picture. His, uh, you're still fit. You're a nice fit pastor. Uh, which, which is well a- <laughs> you know you
1: play soccer for a long time and it's <laughs> part of what you do yeah. good,
0: good for you uh, Here, here's a question for you um take take your life when you're pursuing your you know the professional soccer and uh, the accolades of what people think uh and the money that that hopefully goes along with that how how were you you know when you put your head on the pillow at night as far as fulfilled and and at peace compared to living a life where you're like, God, I'm, I'm open to you.
1: Yeah. Um, it makes me think of this conversation I had with a friend of mine, uh, much, much more popular player than I ever was, you know, globally famous guy, actually. And, uh, I was once talking to him, we we're having a coffee somewhere in the north of England. And I say to him, uh, what's your favorite day of the week? (laughs) You know, so you're asking this like big time professional athlete, what's your favorite day of the week? You know, you know what he said? Sunday game day, game day, game day. makes sense. Like that's why I'm here. I trained all week. I got ready all week so I could perform on Saturday, right? It could be Sunday, but on Saturday. And so I said, well, that's interesting, but not surprising, but interesting. What's your least favorite day of the week? I say to him, the answer did surprise me. But when I thought about it, it wasn't that surprising. He said game day. Favorite day of the week, game day. Least favorite day of the week was game day. And it made me remember how I felt when I was pursuing success as my ultimate goal, where my identity was directly linked to other people's opinions of me where the things that I could do on a game day would directly inform my emotion and my feeling Mm. and you know my identity on the next day and the next day and the next day until the next game day play a good game hey I feel great you know sign a deal you know do you know successful surgery whatever the case might be I feel good But when our identity is rooted in those things, man, it's a very volatile. You know, I think C.S. Lewis once called it the vicissitudes, the ups and downs of life. Man, that's a, for me at least, a bad way to live, you know, where everything is attached to my performance. I think that's how, you know, Satan tempts us. It's how Satan tempted Jesus in the desert, Matthew 4. You know, he wants yeah. to convince us, I am what I have. I am what I can do. I am what other people think about me. Mm-hmm. And what Jesus is saying, no, you are who I say you are.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's that's big. I think a lot of people struggle with that. You you liken, I think, some of that to Sisyphus, uh, the Greek character. Uh, explain to people what what you mean by that and how you sort of experience some of that
1: yeah i stumbled upon that i'm not like a big fan of greek mythology but <laughs> just came upon a sisyphus one day and and i resonated with this guy right <laughs> you know it's greek fol- folklore so yeah. you know it's not reality but like this is the greek jokester always playing tricks i like to play jokes on people but like always playing jokes on the greek gods and uh, long story short he gets banished by zeus to, to his punishment push this rock up this hill. And whenever you can get the rock to stay on the top of the hill, your punishment is over. And so Sisyphus every day would try to push the rock up the hill and get really high. The only caveat was anytime he got close, the rock would roll back down to the bottom, Mm -hmm. right? It was the the unattainable goal. And for me, that that was kind of success, right? It was like, it was never successful enough you know, you get close to the top and it feels like, you know, one step forward, two steps back. It's why I started to, to wonder, is there a better goal? Yeah. Is there a more fulfilling goal? A more, you know, like nobody really wants to just like keep their fingers crossed and hope we make it to the finish line. And by the way, like, you know, as scripture says it, one day we will stand before God. And he, you know, the words that I want to hear at least, well done, good and faithful servant. I, I don't read that he's ever going to say, well done, good and successful servant, or well done, good and wealthy servant, right? Mm-hmm. He's looking for faithfulness.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's good. Um, one thing that, that you talk about that I think is a key to, to this, to finding significance and purpose, is uh, you describe it as giving yourself away. Now, that's the opposite of most uh, tracks to success right because you gotta kind of you got to move ahead of people you you gotta take what you what you can and that's not always you know we i don't mean to paint that as like a greedy thing like trampling on people it's just you know i mean you, you got to take the opportunities when they come your way but the idea of of giving yourself away uh, maybe letting others go ahead at times that that's antithetical to a lot of success how did you start to to understand that the the significance came when you started to give yourself away uh in other words maybe coach a six-year-old soccer team and instead of taking that opportunity to to make more money and to be visible and have more of an impact on the the business if you will where did that shift come from because that's that's huge and that's hard for a lot of people
1: Yeah, Randy, I'll let you in on a little secret that I'm sure you know about that that has taken me a while. But uh, (laughs) the reality is, uh, you know, authors and scholars and pastors, even, you know, we kind of write as experts. But man, I'm on a journey. (laughs) Like I'm right there Mm -hmm. still learning these lessons every single day. So I I do believe, you know, that you want to find a life of significance. you got to give yourself away. I'm still learning how to do that every single day, yeah. you know? And so coaching a six-year-old soccer team for me on my journey, man, that is, that's life giving. That's like part of the lesson of, yeah, like in this phase for my family, the best thing is that dad isn't coaching a professional soccer team in some foreign country. Mm-hmm. The best thing for my family right now is that, you know, I'm here more often than I'm not. Yeah, And maybe I've got to sacrifice, you know, certain worldly, you know, goals that I still maintain, but, you know, in the grand scheme of the economy of God and significance, you know, in his perspective, man, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. So I just find the more that I give myself away, you like, let me, let me challenge maybe some of your listeners. Like, here's a little challenge. See if you can outgive God like this is one thing I've been challenging my church with lately, like and it's not just money. Right. Like I think we think in the church, like pastors are just like, I'm not just talking about money. See if you can give more of your talent away than God would fill you up with. Mm -hmm. See if you can give more of your time away than God would fill you up with. You know, the more I give myself away, I just find the more abundance I have in my life. And for me, that's my goal, that John 10:10, 10, 10, I have come, Jesus says, that you might have life and have it to the full, overflowing, abundant life. Man, that's what I'm looking for.
0: Yeah, that's good. All right. I, I appreciate, one, you being on, honest enough to say that you're still on this journey. It's refreshing to hear that because that's the reality. It, life is a journey. We don't just arrive and become a pastor and now we can teach everything that we've mastered Uh, But we are learning every day. We're not learning. You're you're going backwards. I was looking to see what the copyright on the book was, 2022. So you probably wrote this in 2020, 2021, maybe. Uh, Do you ever read something that you wrote uh, a year or two or three ago and go, oh, man, I needed to hear that today? Sometimes I read it and I think, man, did I write that? (laughs) Right, I know. Hopefully
1: I think, well, that was pretty good. Yeah, but yeah, man, like the, the those are our are, are lessons. And I think for me, at least, that is what I find. Like so often I'm just writing about things that I'm learning about. Mm-hmm. I'm speaking about things that I'm learning about. And, and I hope they find an audience and I hope, they're beneficial to other people along the journey.
0: Yeah, I know we're all ripping off from the same book, the Bible. Uh, and and sometimes I I've done some, done a great study on something and and you know wrote something and then read it a few years later and went, oh wow, that's good. Cause not because it was me, but because it was scripture. And going, I wrote that. I should be practicing that every day. But that's mm. that's just the way we are. And and it's good to always be reminding. I have a question from the audience uh someone wants to know if you incorporate any of the bible or any lessons into the kids you coach
1: well that's a great question such a good question i've uh i've worked with this uh organization ambassadors football Uh, you want to learn more about that ambassadorsfootball.org on the web Um, great global uh, soccer ministry so completely Bible-based, mission-focused. Ambassadors has existed for almost 40 years expressly for the purpose of evangelization and discipleship. So there are very few times that I coach these days, and even as a professional coach, very few sessions that I don't incorporate scripture, prayer, some form of some spiritual content uh that you know because i find even though like you know as a professional coach i've had muslims i've had people from all different faiths Mm -hmm. but you go to somebody and say hey man i see you're struggling can i pray for you today very few people are going to say no
0: yeah that's interesting that's good i had someone tell me no recently it says no keep your blessings i was like wow (laughs) so it it does happen but Yeah, you don't worry about that. Uh, very interesting. And I I appreciate that you are spending time with your kid. Uh, and and I'll say this only because my dad has said it very publicly on television. Um, but he, and he said it to me multiple times. I I finally had to tell him, dad, it's okay. You, You can quit saying it, but he's, he regrets being gone so much as a preacher. Uh, he's gone, you know, 300 days out of the year as I grew up, my mom raised me. Uh, and, and, That can be hard sometimes, especially when you're talking about the gospel, you know. Uh, There was this kind of thought back then that that you need to sacrifice your family for the sake of the gospel. But I think he realizes now, he's told me that. And and I grew up, you know, knowing that my number one purpose, my significance, was as a father to these children, my four children. And, And so I made sure I tucked them in bed most nights, you know. So good that you've learned that while they're still young.
1: Yeah, fantastic. And that's, you know, I, I had the benefit of maybe having kids a little bit later in life as well. I was 40 when our, our son was born. So, um, but, uh, you know, still a lesson I'm learning. I actually, COVID was a, a real uh, help to me. Hmm. Uh, even, even as a pastor, I was still traveling quite a lot, you know, itinerant speaking and, you know, I've written a few books and this and that, but like, COVID really slowed the schedule down. And, and frankly, I won't go back to that schedule I kept mm-hmm. before, at least not while uh, our kids are young.
0: Yeah. Good for you. Good for you. And good for your son. Good for you. How many do you have?
1: Now we just have one. Just one. But you never know. Might have more.
0: <laughs> <laughs> There's always adoption. You just have to be really careful with that. As an adoptee, I can tell you, you know, some of us, some of us are a little, you know but <laughs> uh, open to whatever the Lord has, <laughs> right? Oh, Aaron, this has been fun, uh, insightful and good, good reminders of some things that, you know, I've heard before, but just daily learning these things. It's good. Good to hear them. Uh, anything you want to add before I let you go?
1: Yeah. I mean, I just love what you're doing. Love that you're on every single day, but you know, I guess, uh, my my big encouragement is, you know, it does come from that whole John ten ten life, but like there's, you know, prophet in the Old Testament, Isaiah says, all men are like grass, our glory like the fl- flowers of the field. Here today, the wind blows, our glory is gone. Uh, there is a significance that lasts forever and that's the significance of God. And, you know, it's an age old message, but it's one that I try to reorient myself to every single day. I got to choose today to live for the only significance that truly matters.
0: Yep. That's good. And that's true for all of us. And I appreciate you saying it. Appreciate you taking the time to share it with our audience today. Uh, Do check out Aaron's book. It's available wherever you get books. Don't miss your life. And uh, and again, you can check out his website there at AaronTreadway.com. And uh, I've got more for you. I've got some real good guests coming up. So, uh, just like today, you will be encouraged. All we do is so come back and join us here. I'll see you again next time here on Life Today Live. You're about to ask big. I'm believing God for favor in my life. Above all that I can ask.